You're listening to the Small Business Talk podcast with Kathy Smith. Small Business Talk is a podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs who want a better way to run their businesses without spending years doing it the hard way. Small Business Talk is hosted by Kathy Smith, who has run the same marketing agency for more than 17 years and helped hundreds of business owners achieve their marketing goals. Welcome to Small Business Talk, episode 146. Today, my guest is Bronwyn Reid from Small Company Big Business. Welcome, Bronwyn. It's a pleasure to be here, Cathy. Thank you. And today's topic is big crisis, how we can prepare for it. Now, as we know, things have changed so much in the last couple of years and things continue to change. So let's get some preparation in place. Absolutely. As you and I were just discussing before we went on air, Kathy, we have certainly in 2020, 2021, had the experience of a huge crisis coming to visit so many businesses across the world. In Australia, the pandemic followed all the bushfires that we had at late 2019, early 2020. If it's just before that, we had floods. We had the GFC, you know, the the big downturn in the economy with the global financial crisis. We had the tech boom back in the early 2000s. Some of your listeners will no doubt remember that. So the premise of, of what I'm doing is that these business crises are always going to be coming along. There's always going to be another one. And yet we don't seem to be prepared. Every time one comes along, we go, oh, look, horror. Something's come along to derail my business. And we act surprised when intellectually and from history, we should know that something is going to happen. So that's what I'm trying to address with small businesses. Fantastic. And it really doesn't matter where in your world you are, there's always different things happening. So obviously, we're talking about some of the Australian issues. But as you would know, there's also issues in America and Europe and everywhere else. And the pandemic has just shown us how small the world actually is and how we can all be affected. So preparation is something that we all need to do no matter where we're located. Absolutely, absolutely, Kathy. This particular book started as a keynote back in about 2018. Yeah, it was about 2017, 2018. It started as a keynote that I was presenting to a group of small business owners up here in Queensland who had been badly affected by, one, the global financial crisis, and then secondly, you might remember the downturn in the mining industry in the sort of mid-2000s. Our local economy, including my own company, got smashed when the mining boom turned to mining bust. So a group of small business owners asked me to talk to them about these boom and bust scenarios and how they could possibly even look out for them. So that was a presentation that was the uh, the precursor to the book. And there actually are things that small businesses can look out for and can do to get themselves prepared. Unfortunately, though, there's a whole profession, there's a whole industry that's built up around this risk management, business continuation plans, and so on and so forth. And so I don't blame a lot of small business for saying, oh, too hard, too complex. I don't understand all this. I just won't worry about it. (laughs) Fair enough, too. What we don't understand, we tend to shy away from. 
Absolutely, absolutely. The other thing is that small businesses are eternal optimists. If they weren't eternal optimists, they wouldn't be in business in the first place. So they're the kind of people that will say, no, no, it'll all be okay. This won't happen to me. It'll, you know, I'll be right. You know, nothing's going to happen to my business. Well, we all know where that ends, don't we? (laughs) Indeed we do. But if we had have known what was in front of us when we started, probably most of us wouldn't have actually started. (laughs) Good point. Good point. (laughs) So what's some things that small businesses can do to mitigate risk and to prepare for the inevitable that is happening at some stage? Okay, so step one is accept that it's out there. There are hazards out there facing you that are lurking, waiting to drop on your business. When I present as a workshop or an online webinar, I have slides with a whole heap of little bombs, you know, little bomb icons up in the sky. And these are the hazards that are ready to drop on you at a moment's notice. So first step is accepting that those hazards are there. Then next step is we go looking for them. We go searching for them. What are the things that could happen to me and to my business? And you know, some of them A lot of them are surprisingly mundane every day, but they have the capacity to completely incapacitate or kill your business. There I'm talking about things like a divorce. You and your business partner, if you're in business with your spouse, get divorced or your business partner gets divorced or there's a sickness in the family or a trusted employee commits a fraud on the business or you're subject to a data hack and that is increasingly happening. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure that you're aware how big an issue that is. There was an article on Radio National this morning actually about how much damage fraud is actually happening. Yes, we had Katrina Ford on quite a few episodes ago now and she's an Australian specialist in data security and cybersecurity and she said that generally most people don't actually know until three months after the event has happened. So they've had three months of fishing around in your computers and all your information before you even realise. So yes, that is definitely something we do really need to be aware of, not only to plan to prevent it as much as possible, but make sure that we've got those backups and recovery plans in process. And that's the other part of all this, of course, is the recovery plans. So once you go through, and again, this will be facilitated when I do this in this first pilot course. The other thing is that I always believe that a small business owner will learn as much or more from their peers than they ever will from me. So the idea is to have a group of business owners who can share ideas, who can share experiences of what happened to them, what was the consequence, how they could have prevented it. So that's what I'm aiming for. So once you've identified all those things, it's then we then get to the stage of actually writing them down. And if you have a team, we need to really draw in the team in this, you know, identifying possible problems and actually documenting them. What could happen if we had a data breach? What could happen if our longest serving employee goes off to one of our competitors and takes all our intellectual property and our secrets? What would happen if my business partner and I did break up? And all of those unfolding, unfolding those layers upon layers upon layers of things that could happen in your business. Now, obviously, I'm talking about this 
I have actually done it in my own business, but I didn't have a global pandemic on my on my list. <laughs> I don't think anybody did. <laughs> but once again, as you say, we should have known because apparently it happens just about every 100 years and we should have been aware and the fact that we weren't just shows what planning is needed to go forward. Mm. The trick there, Cathy, is so that even if you didn't have global pandemic <laughs> coronavirus on your specific list, the fact that you have thought about your business, thought about what could impact it, thought about what you would do if XYZ happens, if a different type of bomb drops on you from those little icons out of the sky, you're three quarters of the way there because you've already thought about it. You've already thought about what you need to do. And you've got some plans and some backup in place that you can then maybe just tweak or shift slightly to be able to implement that. Correct. And there's really good research now out of the UK. I was doing some work with the University of Coventry on this stuff that the businesses in the UK that had done their planning for Brexit. Now, nobody knew, really knew what Brexit was going to bring. It was lots of promises and not a lot of certainty. But the businesses that had done thinking and planning about how they would react to Brexit and what might happen as a result of Brexit, they are the ones that have survived best when the pandemic came along, even though they had not factored pandemic into their plans at all. So just that level of preparation and thinking and planning ahead was valuable for them. And they've managed, they're the ones that have managed to get through better. Yes, and I think it is just exactly that, is taking that higher level view, having a look, planning, setting out some steps, some contingencies. Okay, if this happens, what happens there? And I guess it even gets down to key person dependency, making sure that your business is not revolving just around the business owner. And if you're ill or something happens and you're not able to perform those tasks, then your whole business falls apart. So starting at that almost micro level about making sure that somebody else can do your job within the business. We're diving off down a whole other rabbit hole there, Kathy, that I absolutely love, and it's called business systems. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of David Jen and systemology, so... Yes. Yeah. I actually have a whole section on that in my first book, which was called Small Company, Big Business. Yeah, David's done amazing stuff in, and in his evangelism for systems in small business. Yes. And for those of our audience who haven't had a look, David has been on the podcast before, so I'll put the episode in the show notes. And yeah, make sure you look up Systemology. And it's a very good way to step through systems where you don't have to do it yourself. Yeah, because that's, I mean, we could go, we could go and I'll have another whole lot of discussion on this, couldn't we, Kathy? We could. <laughs> You're obviously as passionate as I am about it. But that's often where systemization projects fail because the business owner or the business manager says, oh, well, I've got to do this. i got to do this all myself and I haven't got time because I'm too busy running the business. And that's not how it works at all. And we should have this on video because Bronwyn's doing very good eye rolling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So apart from that literally building a plan, and by the way, I, I didn't explain, I call this a cardio plan. And yes, of course, that has health implications, which is very fortunate. But I did mention that the whole academic area of risk management and strategic planning has different 
words and it's all in effect jargon because a business continuity plan is different to a business innovation plan which is business to a business resilience plan which is different to a business risk management plan and so on and so forth so i desperately wanted to take away all of that complexity and the jargon and oh it's just all too much i can't even think about it so i wrote down all the words that i could think of and i put them into an acronym generator on the web that I found and it came out with cardio. So we're now building a cardio plan, which is continuation, adaptability, resilience, dexterity, innovation, and opportunity. Well, that sounds a lot less gobbledygook than that first selection you had. So that is much better. Well, that's what I was trying to achieve. And it just so happened that the word cardio is basically what happens when my business had a heart att- has a heart attack. And then we can go off into what, you know, what are the things that we do to prevent our business having a heart attack? Well, we eat healthy foods and we do some exercise and we plan our cash flow and we do all of these things that I write about in the book about how to get your business fit and as prepared as it can be for when that heart attack or that crisis comes along. And we talk a lot about the resilient business and what makes a resilient business. So can you just give us a few tips on what does make a resilient business? There was some wonderful research done by the University of Queensland after that resources bust, and they came up with four factors, adaptiveness, proactiveness, connectedness, and slack. But to that, I then added my own list from long and sometimes very expensive experience. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing is doing this process of building your cardio plan or your continuation plan or your risk management plan or whatever else you want to call it. Number two was having that cash reserve. And I know that's hard. Don't scream at me. I know it's hard. Do you have a single client portfolio? That's another one that's a massive, massive risk factor that so many small business owners bear. I have a lovely case study about a guy called Alex who was in Sydney and at 27 he'd managed to build up a small cleaning empire. He had contracts with big multinational companies to clean their offices, to clean their premises. And trouble was they were all with the same company. Oh dear. And one day they decided that they didn't want Alex anymore. So Alex lost his company, he lost his house, he lost his boat, he lost his fishing gear, he lost a lot. Not good. Not good. The other one I talk about is being, having your a pestle, you know, the, pest, the old-fashioned pestle analysis, political, economic, social, technological, legal and environmental factors. Just scanning your environment constantly, perpetually looking for the things that might be lurking out there was one of those little bomb icons in the sky. Insurance, of course. I'm not an insurance person. You have to find somebody else, but I know enough about it to know that you've got to take expert advice and you need it. Yes, absolutely. And it's one of those things that you don't want to pay out for, but you certainly don't want to not have it when you need to have it paid out for. And the whole issue of force majeure in contracts has come to the fore over this coronavirus. Force majeure for those of you listening, is where it's those acts of God clauses in the contract that you can't deliver on your part of the contract because of an act of God or a coronavirus pandemic. And a lot of over the years have just been like copied and pasted in from another contract because it's not something that we usually deal with. Well, now we do. Yes. (laughs) 
Your contracts, your all your appropriate legal agreements, like your employment contracts. What happened to your employment contracts when COVID nineteen came along? Did you have the ability within the law to stand down your staff? Could you offer them reduced hours and so on and so forth? And the last one I talk about being prepared is to have an exit strategy. And that's a really good one. Even if you're not actually thinking about exiting your business or selling your business, it's a very good way to set up your business so that if you did get that once in a lifetime opportunity, you could take it. Absolutely. And if you have, let's just say, for an example, a global pandemic comes along. (laughs) If you have been through that thought process, you will be in a much better position to pull the trigger and say, right, I'm out of here. This is not going away. My industry is dead. I'm going to get out now, cut my losses and live to fight another day. If you haven't had that thought process and discuss with your business partner, discuss with whoever else you need to discuss with, it's, oh, what do I do now? What's going to happen tomorrow? Do I leave? Do I stay? Do I put my money in? Do I not? Do I take out another loan or do I move? Or And the end result, of course, of that is that the business drifts off into nothingness and unfortunately often ends in bankruptcy. So while you might think, oh, why would she be talking about business exits when she's talking about a business crisis? The reason is because thinking about your business exit is a good way to get your brain around the factors in your business that you can say, I'm out. Yes, indeed. And it's always much easier to do all of that kind of thinking when you're not stressed and it's not imminent and there's not financial pressures as there is when it does come to an actual crisis. So if you can pre-prepare and think about those things when you've got lots of time and space and you can take yourself away from the business to do it, as opposed to, oh my golly gosh, I've got to make a decision in the next hour because these things are all imploding on me. Now, you have mentioned that you have a book and a possible course coming out. So what is the book called, Bronwyn? The book is called Small Company, Big Crisis. And you can get it from all the usuals, Amazon and everywhere else? You get it from all the usual all the usual places. And the audio book is being uploaded this week. So the audio book will be available very shortly. So I'm sure it'll be out by the time this is published. But if it's not, it's coming. Be aware that it's coming. And you also talked about a pilot project for a small group course. Yes, that's what I'm calling the cardio plan. Excellent. And we will put that in the show notes for anybody that's interested. So if anybody would like to find out more about you, Bronwyn, where do they go? Uh, The easiest place, Cathy, is just to my website, which is bronwynreed.com.au. Fantastic. And at this stage of the podcast, I get to ask you five questions. Are you game? Okay. What is the best advice given to you by a mentor? Probably the best advice was, it was actually my granddad, who I guess all our granddads are usually our mentors as well, aren't they? Certainly are. He always used to say to us as kids, you know better than anyone else, but you know worse either. Excellent. What is the biggest help you've received since starting your business? Biggest help I've received is from my small business colleagues. I have accumulated a group of other small business owners around myself. They have buoyed me when we've been through rough times like um, mining downturn. Things were pretty rough there for a while. So they're my rock. Fantastic. What is the one thing that you have to do every day? You're non-negotiable. Meditating. Excellent. What is your favourite business book and why? My favourite business book, well, at the moment it's my own. (laughs) 
Probably one of my favourite business books is Life in Half a Second. And who's that by? It's by a guy called Matthew Michaelwitz and it's about goal setting but it's evidence-based goal setting. Michael's premise is that if you look at the great span of time, your life is half a second. Okay. So you jolly will have to make the best out of it that you can. And the only way to do that is to set yourself goals. Absolutely. We waste so much time because we're thinking about what we're going to think about. And our final question is, what do you wish you had known when you started out? What I wish I had had, Kathy, was a mentor. I wish I had had a good business mentor, preferably an experienced woman mentor. I'm sure that my path would have been a lot less wobbly, possibly a lot less expensive. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have made so many mistakes if I'd had a good mentor there. And as a result, I mentor several young women myself. Fabulous. And I think that mentoring and mentorees are definitely a resource that we should all be tapping into, whether we're getting one for ourselves or giving. And obviously, the ideal would be to do both, have somebody who's a bit further along the journey than you, and then also giving it back to somebody who's following in your footsteps or other footsteps on a similar kind of path. I have mentors of my own now and yeah, they're they're such a part of my life. They're such a part of my business life that I couldn't imagine being without them. So yeah, as you said, give back. If I can be a mentor to some young women who are at the stage of their journey where I was when I was trying to make my way in the world. (laughs) Absolutely. And I guess the other thing with mentors too that people need to realise is sometimes you outgrow them and they outgrow you. So don't take that as a personal thing. Sometimes that's actually they've done their job because they've brought you along to a level where that you now need to move on to somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for your time, Bronwyn. Was there anything else that we haven't covered that we should have? I don't think so, Cathy. It's been wonderful ch- chatting with you. It's time gone so quickly. It has indeed, and it quite often does. Thank you very much. And SBT audience, remember to enjoy your journey. Don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk podcast and head on over to smallbusinesstalk.com.au forward slash downloads for all the show notes and links to this episode. Remember, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode, take action and implement it. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Until then, take action. And SBT community, enjoy your journey.